Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what is a definition of an intern or a disciple? Here's the definition. I want you to look at it. Number one, a disciple is a lifelong learner under discipline. You need to know this morning, doesn't matter how many years you've been a Christian. I've been a Christian 67 years. I'm still a learner. It's not like pharmacy. You graduate, you get your board, you kind of have it all together. By the way, you don't ever have it all together because you have to keep learning. You're still learning this morning. That's why I'm giving you lessons learned. Being a disciple of anything, martial arts, welding, Jesus requires spending a lot of time honing skills and learning about your craft. If you've made the decision to pursue one of the above or something like them, you know that you will be learning for your whole life. Pastor Mark will be sharing his experience as an intern or disciple in the pharmaceutical world and showing how it relates to being a Christ follower. He'll be teaching from the book of Luke, showing the struggles the disciples had during their internship. As always, there are good examples of what we're to do in following Christ with guidance on what not to do as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, Disciples, Interns in Training. I ended up doing part-time work in a pharmacy, and it was in Dearborn, Michigan. And I remember going in, and we had a lot of studies. We had a lot of stuff that I was learning. And I was in the pharmacy, and I was filling scripts and learning how to kind of do it. And that day, the rest of my whole life was in hospital, as you know, director and stuff. So this was kind of a new thing to me. And as I was there, I was introduced to a, right next door was a doctor, and his name was Dr. Waikara, and he was a skin doctor, and he was known all over Michigan. So people came like crazy and had all these formulas and stuff you had to mix and ointments and stuff. And so like as my second day there, whatever, and somebody walks in with this script, and I'm looking at it and go, I don't know what to do with that. And uh, so I said to the pharmacist, could, could you help me with that? He said, sure. And he got the book out and showed me all the ingredients and what you had to mix first, put that, dissolve that into that, move that, that, take that, work the cream out, whatever. You had to do all those kind of things. Well, I was watching, I was learning, and after that, I could do that. That's what an intern does. An intern looks, listens, practices with somebody over your shoulder, and you learn how to do that. We're going to see this morning that you and I are called interns. It's really a biblical name called a disciple. So let's put our jackets on. Come on, get your hand up, get your hand up. Put that white, you've always wanted to wear one of these suckers your whole life. By the way, this is not mine. I had to give it up many, many years ago when I let my license just collapse. I said, I never thought I'd do that, but I'm kind of in another doctoring place this morning. I'm gonna have this on quite often during the teaching. Jesus has got his disciples, his interns, 
They've been watching him for about two years. They've been walking with him. He's in his final year. That's what we pick up in Luke chapter 9. It's very, very powerful. Watch this. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. These disciples, these interns were ordinary people just like you and just like me. Jesus had a leadership plan. He was going to pour into these 12 so they would eventually do one thing, be reproduced, be like Jesus, and then start the New Testament church. As you watch this, notice the first thing he does. He empowers his disciples. Then he's going to give them instructions. Then he's going to tell them how to deal with difficulties. And then he's going to say at the end, oh, by the way, when you come back, you're accountable to me. How did you do? So I'm going to give you, I can't remember how many of them I have, but the lessons learned, lessons learned. You don't have to write lessons learned every time as you take notes, just put LL. Here's the first one I want you to write this morning. Lesson learned. What Jesus says to his disciples is this, be encouraged because you have my power and my authority. Power we're talking about here is not man's power. It's God-given power. The, the authority mean is the right to use it. Now remember, this is before the Holy Spirit came upon them and even came into the disciples. Jesus said, I have this authority and power and I'm giving it to you to use on this short trip so that you can do what I did. We remember from the last two weeks, Jesus had authority over storms. He calmed the sea. He had authority over demons. He cast the demon out. He had authority over sickness. He healed that lady. And the last thing we learned last week, he raised somebody from the dead. Now, this power and authority is given to these guys. Now, when you see this, you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's nice for them, but what about us? Matthew chapter 28 says, Go into all the world and make disciples. And by the way, you have my power and you have my authority. Plus you have, as a Christian this morning, the actual Holy Spirit living in you. Now this is kind of a shocker for the disciples because it's like me in the pharmacy. I kind of remember the day that I was on my own after I got my license and passed my state boards and there was nobody to help me. It was me. I had learned enough, and I just had to do it. Well, here's what you're going to see in this trip. Jesus isn't going with them. They're on their own. Think that's a little scary? That's a lot scary. But he wants to see how they're going to do because they have his power and they have his authority. Now, as they begin to go out, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what is a definition of an intern or a disciple? Here's the definition. I want you to look at it. Number one. A disciple is a lifelong learner under discipline. You need to know this morning, doesn't matter how many years you've been a Christian. I've been a Christian 67 years. I'm still a learner. It's not like pharmacy. You graduate, you get your board, you kind of have it all together. By the way, you don't ever have it all together because you have to keep learning. You're still learning this morning. That's why I'm giving you lessons learned. You never get over it. It's under authority. It's a responsibility of someone who's disciplining you and challenging you. Well, how do we learn to be like Jesus? Well, by reading the Bible, just exactly what you're doing right now, listening. You'll see this morning that Jesus always is teaching. 
That was the primary way to learn. Second, we learn by watching. Jesus had been doing these things and the disciples been following him for two years. They're watching him. They're watching him. They're watching him. And now on this trip, he's not around. Number three, we learn by doing. See, it's no good to have the manual, understand the principle, and don't step out. So they're going to actually learn by doing. Now, just look at me for a moment. This trip is different. This is a little trial run. It is not the way the disciples and Jesus lived all the time. It was just a short test for the disciples. <laughs> Look what happens in verse 3. He told them, take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. In other words, what you got on, have a nice trip. Whoa. He sends them out almost empty-handed. Why? Why? Here's your next lesson learned. He says, travel light and trust God to provide. See, as they go into these towns and villages, somebody's going to open a door to them. Somebody's going to feed them. Somebody's going to give them water. Somebody's going to wash their clothes. Do you understand? We told you about this many, many times. The mission is funded in this particular case by the town people. You guys with the HD and churches and as we build campuses and all that stuff, you fund it. That's the way the ministry works. So they have to believe this. And then Jesus gives them kind of real interesting instructions. Look at verse 4. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. In other words, he says to his disciples, don't go on TripAdvisor. Look for a five-star bed and breakfast. Whatever the door is open, you stay there. Be happy that the door is open. It's not about your place where you're staying. It's not about the food. It's about ministry. Then he says this. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Kind of a cultural thing they did in those days. So what Jesus is saying is this. Use your time well. Be satisfied where God has you in this town. By the way, that's a great principle for us this morning. Be satisfied where God has you. And then he says this, use your time well. If people don't want to ask you to come in, don't argue with them. Don't push it. Just simply go to more receptive people. So understand This is kind of a normal deal in our life. And as we're walking through all of this, it's an important principle for you and I to understand what they're going to do on the mission. Just yesterday, I was walking with my wife in the neighborhood. We do that quite often. And, you know, there's all kinds of people. There's like 250 homes in our subdivision. So there's lots of people you don't know, but lots of people we do. We'd been by this one house quite a ways from us and seeing the mom and dad and the kids. And we were just walking by. Dad was out there with the two kids. So and we just said hi and kept on going. And I was about three houses down, and the Holy Spirit twice said to me, uh, go back and talk to him. So I finally said to my wife, just go on, walk home. I'm going on back. So I went on back, and I saw the father, and I said to him, do you know you're going to hell because you're not a Christian? <laughs> Definitely not. If you're a visitor, that is not the way we do it. Just in case you do. Well, Pastor Mark, the way I do it. Please get some training, would you? No, I said to him, do you have a home church? 
Is that a good question? It's a great question. Because what am I going to do? I'm just going to invite him to church. And uh, he said, actually, we do have a home church. He told me what it was. It's not, not important. And he says, we actually take our kids to Sunday school every week. Yeah. And so I just, we had a little more chit-chat, whatever. I said, well, I did that because I'm a pastor over here. And we just, we have a thousand kids on the weekends and whatever. See your kids. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you for doing that. And I just walked away. Is that okay, Holy Spirit? What was that all about? That's okay. It was basically being what? Obedient. That's all it was about. And as I walked away, he says, whoa, 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 whoa. And I turned around and said, yeah. He says, thanks for being a pastor. I wanted to tape that sucker right there. Because sometimes I don't get that response. You know what I mean? If you're on a plane and you're sitting there and the guy says, what are you doing? I'm a pastor. They get up and move their seat to somewhere else. Maybe. Okay. So what Jesus is saying is, there's going to be doors you're going to knock on. And they're not going to be receptive. Here's a lesson Jesus was teaching them. You need to learn it. Expect some rejection and opposition. It's just going to happen. It's real. It's okay. You're not to be nasty. We're not judging people. God's the one that changes hearts. So just move on and use your time wisely. You can pray for the people, obviously. Do all those things. So... Verse 6, so they set out, and they went from village to village, notice, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. While they're doing what they were told to do, that news of Jesus was always going around in the town. And look at verse 7. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, heard about all that was going on. Herod has a kind of a castle to live up in that area of Galilee, and he hears what's going on. And notice what, and he was perplexed because some were saying, you'll see this later in the teaching, were saying that John had been raised from the bed, John the Baptist. So people don't know who this, this Messiah is, as Jesus is. Some people thought it was John the Baptist raised from the dead. Others thought it was Elijah from the Old Testament, come back. Others thought prophets who had died from the Old Testament. And then Herod, look at verse 9, Herod says this, I beheaded John the Baptist. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. What was bothering Herod? It's called a guilty conscience. About two years before, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, challenged Herod because he married his brother's wife. And he was beheaded because of it. This is a lesson for us to learn. It has nothing to do with the walk. It's just a kind of a thing that was put in. But it was true. Can you write this down this morning? Real repentance eliminates a guilty conscience. Now, how long had Herod had this guilty conscience? From the day he beheaded John the Baptist. He didn't want to do it. But he got caught up in a situation, and he did it to please somebody else. Can I remind you this morning, if you have a guilty conscience, get rid of it. Ask God to forgive you. If it's people, go to them, get it. Pastor Mark, it's hard. You're going to continue your whole life to live with a guilty conscience constantly? See, the first thing he thinks about, is that John the Baptist that's come back from the dead? He's miserable. Quit being miserable this morning. God provides repentance. He gave you a brand new start. Now, look at verse 10. They've been out. We don't know how long 
a week, two weeks, we don't know how long. Look what happens at the end. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Now, you can put yourself with this coat on and, and, and remember what's happening this whole time. As all of this kind of stuff is taking place, when you think about this, they come back and they're thinking, wow, we preached the gospel, people got saved. We healed people, they got healed. What's the danger of that? Thinking it's all about who? Me. Now, here's the lesson they learned. They knew it. They absolutely knew it. Would you write it down this morning? Lesson learned? Watch this. The need for humility. You see, without God's power and authority, what would they have reported? Nothing. You'll see all through this this morning, it's not about you. It's about God. It's never about you. It's not about the church. It's not about me. It's not about any pastor. It's about God. So they come back and they understand there's this profound humility because they would have had nothing to report. Now, they had to report, though, to Jesus. Do you know that one day every Christian will report to Jesus? You will stand at the judgment seat of Christ, not for your sins, but you're going to report, every single one of us, what you did for God. You see, when you were saved, God then gifted you. And you're a steward of the things he's given you, possessions, money, time. And you're a servant to share people. We're all exactly the same. And we are going to give an account of how we use those resources, those talents at the end. So here's the lesson that they learned early. It's never about when you get before God on judgment day. It's about your sin. That's already been forgiven. But it's about what you've done with your gifts and talents. So here's the lesson. Write it down. Some Christians don't know this. Nothing to be afraid of. But it's a challenge to do things right. Know this. Know every Christ follower will be judged and evaluated. Romans 14, 12 says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. You won't be standing with somebody. You'll be standing by yourself. And God isn't comparing against you and against anybody. He's just going to look at you and I. And he's going to say, what did you do with your time? Your talents, your resources, your opportunities, your money. What did you do? How did you do with it? It's the quality and the quantity. Because when we're judged, we don't do that here because we can't. We're going to be judged by our uh, basically our outward service, what we can see. But we're also going to be judged by our motives. See, we can't judge people's motives today, why they're doing this. But God knows. So our it's a challenge for you. The disciples had to stop and go, well, we did this and we did this. And maybe they said at one point, I didn't like when I was staying and I tried to move someplace else and it was worse. I should have listened to you the first time. All kinds of things like that. That was a waste of my time. So let me just put this on the overhead. It's kind of a pre-exam for you. It's good for all of us. How are you doing? This morning, as a steward, as a servant with God's gifts, your time, come on, your talents, Pastor Mark, God didn't give me any talents. Yes, he gave you talents. Every single one of us are gifted. Every single one of us. Resources, 
opportunities, i.e. a neighbor. I'm walking down the street. God says, go back and talk to him. Okay. Opportunity. God said to do it, I'll do it. It's all right. Is my motive right? No, I did it so I could use it as an illustration in church. (laughs) No, I did not. Didn't even think about using it until I was teaching last night. See, motive is a big deal. If I had the wrong motive and did great things, burned up, useless. And our money. Well, Pastor Mark, it wasn't money I have to do with it. It's my money. <laughs> Number one, wrong. <laughs> Everything you have came from God. Everything. It's a gift from God. You're a steward of that money. So they give this. Now, finish this verse 10. Then he took them with him, and he withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. We've been there many times in Israel. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Here's what happened. Jesus is tired. Remember, he's operating as a man. He's tired. The disciples come back. You think after that trip they were tired? Oh, they were tired. Ministry's hard. Sometimes it's just, it's just tiring. So they come back, and Jesus says, we're going to take a little R&R over here to the side. We're just going to relax for a little bit. So they go across the Sea of Galilee, and they get out of the boat, and they're going, finally, here's a little place we can rest. And what did they find? About 15,000 people waiting for them. If you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, you can stand here and you can on this shore and you can see who goes across that little seven-mile lake. And these people over here go out to, that's Jesus. <laughs> and when they get out, they're going, ah, right? What did Jesus say? He said this to them. This is the Balmer translation. It's my day of vacation. See ya. Some of you wondered, did he really say that? No, he didn't. What did he do? Well, let's read. Look what he did. You saw it. He welcomed them. You see, sometimes divine appointments are interruptions. You got it? He wanted to rest. We should have a Sabbath. We need times to rest. But in this particular case, as he looked at these people, now remember, he's looking at all these people, probably close to 15,000 people. As he's looking to them, all the time we see Jesus looking at people. He didn't just look at masses. It's like me looking at you this morning. What did he see different than you? He saw people, he would say it like this, they're sheep without a shepherd. They don't know how to do life. They need to be directed. They need provision. They need to be loved. And the religious leaders weren't loving them. They were taking advantage of them. It's good to know that just as Jesus was incredibly patient with his earthly disciples most of the time, he has the same attitude toward us. As Pastor Mark has taught, being a disciple or intern is a lifelong process requiring patience and perseverance. Thankfully, we have the Bible to guide us and the Holy Spirit inside us to give us the power to carry out what God's Word says we must do. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach from Luke 9, showing what it was like for Jesus and the disciples living their day-to-day lives. We'll hear what Jesus did when he was faced with an unexpected crowd, and Pastor Mark will be sharing how Jesus demonstrated his concern for the lost. We'll be reminded that we, as followers of Jesus, are to demonstrate the same care for the lost that he did. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.